Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mangled clumps of metal, the aftermath of what the local had been on patrol here in Castle Street when the shooting happened. Timer Albert Cooper was killed instantly when the booby trapped estate car was blown The IRA claimed contained two pounds of Semtex had been planted underneath the was hit several times in the upper body. 302 members of the RUC were killed by terrorist action between 1969 to 1998. As a police officer, can I just say that I'm numbed by the brutal slaying of my two colleagues. And at this particular time, our thoughts and our sympathies are with the families. The lives of 198 members of the UDR were also taken, with a further 62 killed after they left the regiment. Orn had left the, left the regiment to spend more time with his family. You know, he was in fact a place of volume. He was mur- murdered in front of myself, my, they all left shattered families behind. Widows, widowers, parents and children. And for that seven and a half years that I had my dad, I have so many happy memories. And then obviously when daddy was murdered, then that was taken away from us. What was it like growing up with a relative in the security forces? Were children aware of the risks? And what's it like to lose a relative to gunmen? In some cases, in front of your eyes. His head was bandaged, which really is, and it was the first, it was the first dead body I'd seen as well. I'm Kirsten Elder. I spoke to four people who had lost family members during the troubles. They told me about their loved ones and how they died, how they feel about that loss and the peace process. Whether there's pieces of the Good Friday Agreement you will find quite unpalatable. You know, like watching, you know, murderers get out of prison. In this episode, I spoke to Brian Finley, whose father was murdered in 1991, in front of him, when he was just 10 years old, as he stood with his three-year-old brother and their mother. Yeah, well, my father served proudly in UDR for 18 years and 8 months as a part-time soldier. He'd uh, actually left the UDR and I think it was maybe 1989, you know, after not long after my younger brother had been born. He left the, left the regiment to spend more time with his family. And then 15th August 1991, you know, he was in fact a place of volume. He was murdered in front of my, myself, my, 
Melman, my younger brother, had a space at work. They were on a very callous attack. I was 10 years old. My brother was three. You know, it was a horrific, horrific attack. I don't think my brother really remembers a lot about it, you know, but in terms of, you know, growing up then, you know, I'd spend time, you know, with my father as such, and whereas he didn't have any of that, you know, and, you know, later, later years there's always a, an absence, this absence of that father figure to share these memories with and good times with, you know, been an absence throughout the years, like my mother spent over 30 years now, you know, on her own trying to bring up two children, you know, I've had my own struggles and issues myself, like, you know, it's it's a heart that's sticking back to when I was 10 years old and, you know, obviously I understood what had happened, you know, but it's hard to kind of process that in your, your mind and understand, you know, why, you know, I thought my father would have been safe, was safe, you know, when it, I thought, you know, I remember probably thinking to myself, my, uh, my daddy would be safe now, you know, he left the, he left the UDR, but that wasn't to be the case, you know. Well, when we chatted before in our conversations, you'd said, you know, that um, that, that moment obviously has haunted you for a long time, and you said it's still very fresh in your mind that day. Yeah, I still could recollect all the, you know, the activities, you know, as such luck, and it's taken me a long time to get to a point where I could even, you know, actually talk about them instead of itself, or actually talk about my father or we had to um, we had to walk some distance to raise the alarm because the cars that had carried out the attack shot out the tires in the car and it tied up the the farmers in the farmhouse and it pulled out or you know, disconnected the, the phone lines so we had to walk quite some distance to raise the alarm you know but I remember you know recollections of them Mother has maybe written, you know, that I was hysterical. I don't remember being hysterical as such, but I remember, you know, publicly saying, we need to be quick, we need to get the, the you know, the doctor's ambulance here to save, save daddy as such luck, but, you know, there was no chance of that. You know, he was already gone, you know, but at a 10 year old, you don't, you don't really know that luck. And then, I mean, he's laughed at that and, you know, kind of a blur luck. But I remember being, you know, a lot of family and friends were there to support us, and you know, my mother tried to give us as good upbringing as she can, you know, but it have been hard for her, like bringing up two young children. And I remember well, she would have took us went on holidays and things, and it hard to replace a father figure. Well, maybe not when well, my brother was younger, like, but you know, father was a big part of my life. I went everywhere with him. You know, I would have went and helped them on the farm, or would have went, you know, parades or things like that, or went shopping together. We just, and then it's just gone, just removed. But for what? You know, what was it? What was it all for? Such like, you know, because it, you know, served in the in the community. You know, like he was law-abiding citizen. You know, or, you know, I think maybe it was just the, an attempt at that time to, you know, strike at the heart of the, basically the. Protestant community in that area, more or less ethnic cleansing as such. Like it was kind of the no or I don't know if it's the norm, like, you know, I had a lot of my, a few of my uncles were in the, in the RUC, like, my uncle, my other uncle was in the UDR, and a lot of the fam family were, 
new members of, of the security forces. I know a lot of people on the, the local area, you know, but the local area, I suppose, was a high threat area. There was a lot of activity, so it was, you know, like it was kind of the norm, but, you know, it wasn't normal, if you know what I mean. Of course, it was normal for, for yourself and you and, and your family, but, yeah. you know, is it normal it's for... It's a normal, it, normal society. You know, we shouldn't constantly have to, you shouldn't be under, you know, threat at your place of work or at your home place. It's, you know, you're going to go out to your car someday and there's going to be a bomb under it or, you know, you're going to be, you know, somebody's going to jump out from behind a bush with a bottle of glove on them. You know, it's, it's, it's not normal. It's not right. You know, there's things that crop up all the time or, you know, things tend not to watch too much of the, the news. You know, sometimes you just find it very hard, hard to believe and turn on the news at the, you know, things like the first, first minister in meeting is a member of the Republican movement, really, in effect. You know, it's kind of second year bad luck. Obviously, you, you, you would have felt very safe with your dad as well because, you know, because of his job. Yeah, well... Just the area I was was in, you know, originally from close to Castle Derg area, which was an area that was really hit hard, you know, during the Republican campaign, you know, a lot of people were killed and murdered, numerous bomb attacks in the, the local town, you know, it was really, I suppose, close proximity to the border, give a quick getaway to the safe haven of the Irish Republic. Remember, there would, would have been times, you know, there used to be a ceasefire announced at Christmas time, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. I remember thinking to myself, well, well, my father won't be attacked maybe during those times, you know. So even as a 10-year-old boy, it was always kind of in the back of your mind, like, my father had, his brother was murdered as well by the Republican movement, um, you know, a few years prior to his, his attack, you know, so it was, it was always there, it was always some sort of fear, like, you know, growing up, you know, vivid, vivid memories of, you know, the town being cordoned off and, you know, people being at, had been attempted murder or murders at the top of the town at the old police barracks and, you know, I remember vividly one time, you know, one of our neighbours, um, he was uh, in the UDR, he but he also ran a, a shoe shop in the town, I remember there was, there was a really sticks in my mind that, uh, you know, that wasn't bad enough that they, they went and they killed the man, they had to leave bombs behind it, you know, so that the, the, the security forces or the ambulance crews coming behind them wouldn't, wouldn't be able to maybe attempt to save him. You know, remember the hold, the, the shop was completely burned, smell of rubber in the town for days after, like, you know, just, I don't understand how people can do that sort of thing. Uh, speaking of the news, uh, the the awful news last week of uh, you know the attempted murder of um, of DCI John Caldwell, I know that that had had a you know a, a, yeah. you know that had an effect on you. Yeah, definitely did. You know, you think things like that were were in the past. You know, like you know attempt attempted murder is just despicable. You know, to try and you know take, kill a man for the children. You know, it's the same sort of thing that happened to myself. Like you know, just so unreal. I don't know, it's just, I can't understand how somebody would set out to, to do such a thing. You know, it definitely, definitely brought things back, you know, and just, uh, I don't know, you think, is, is this ever going to change, or, or is this, is this going to ramp up, or, you just don't know, it gives you all these, 
different sort of thoughts, you know. Just I hope the man makes a full recovery. He had the politicians, you know, from the Republican movement coming out and rightly condemning what happened, you know. But you see, like, what's the difference between happened? You know, Manoma there last week, and what happened during 30 years of violence. You know, murder's murder, attempted murder's attempted murder. You know, and then the same people are condemning that, but then for the very same weekend, they're going to a, a commemoration of two men that blew themselves up on the way to um, bomb an RUC station. You know, it's just it's just hypocrisy at the highest level. Like, it just stinks. I, like, I can feel myself getting agitated about it now, and you know, it's hard to keep a grasp on things, like when you see the like of that happens, happens, you know, like, seems to be constant glorification of that Republican campaign. It's not, not glorifying or glamorous about going out to kill a man in front of his family. It's not glorification, like. It makes you angry? Yeah, definitely. Definitely does, you know, it makes you, makes you sick, like, you, know, you see things like that, and it just seems that these there's just a constant like a appeasement process to those who had done wrong but to, you need to have that it has peace compared to what it used to be but you know it's definitely peace peace at a price as such the things that were to really move forward or you know they get away from the demons of the past people really should show real remorse but there is no remorse from what I can see from the Republican movement. Well, definitely a long, long time has passed, you know, since it's, um, you know, back to the days when the Belfast Agreement was signed, you know, a lot of a lot of things have changed, you know, in Northern Ireland. It's a completely different political landscape, good in the way that uh, the peace, so-called peace, has lasted for quite some time, you know, but I still feel that there's a lot of things going on in the background, you know, Definitely think it's same maybe peace peace at a price. Feel that there's definitely been a, a lot of appeasement towards the Republican movement. Did, were, were you old enough there to vote for for Yes, I was old old enough to vote. I'm pretty sure I would have been, I was about eighteen at the time, I think, yeah. I remember remember voting at the time, but I didn't vote for the Good Friday Agreement I voted no at the time. One of the main reasons to me, it, um, it just seemed morally wrong, you know, that people who'd committed heinous crimes and murder were being blowed out of, let out of jail with a, a blank check to continue with their lives, you know, and they'd shattered so many others. And uh, it just, to me, was like, not really so much at the time, like, but I remember there was a lot of talk about, you know, how the principle of consent had been, you know, put into the agreement to secure that... Uh, the democratic wishes of the majority of the people, but you know, in a law-abiding democratic society, that would go without saying. You know, without being, you know, the been held to ransom by the the gun and the bomb as such. I take it uh, you you wouldn't change your vote now if you know somebody asked you about the Good Friday Agreement. I think definitely not. Definitely not. Um, can't think why you would or how 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 you could look. It would be fairly firmly opposed to it with the moral, moral compass to me that like was murder is wrong and to, there's complete complete transparency you no know, night and day between the like of my father who 
I proudly, proudly served on Ulster Defence Regiment, you know, without the uniform on, was head held high, you know, there's somebody that sent, sets out to, sets out that night, that day to go out and commit, commit murder, hiding behind cars and bushes with balaclava on, you know, there's a clear distinction between what you would describe as right, right or wrong, good, good or evil, hero or coward. I'd very angry about what, what happened, but you know, things move on like but you know, the memories stay with you. This episode of The Bell Tale was produced by myself, Kirsten Elder. The clips you heard were from AP and the BBC. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.